and we are live with the All Gas Snow Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, the trade deadline for the Major League Baseball has just completed this past week. Two days ago, we had all the trades go down in of all MLB, and we had some wild ones, some that may help some teams win some world championships potentially at the end of the year, maybe make the postseason. We'll have to see how it all plays out. But before we get into that, Andrew, I know you have some big news you want to talk about that's happening this upcoming weekend. Oh, yeah, the biggest of big news. So we mentioned this on a previous podcast, but now we're getting closer to the event itself. Uh, just reminding everyone that we are going to be live at the Morris County Card Show out in Parsippany, New Jersey, this upcoming Saturday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. That is the Morris County Card Show in Parsippany, New Jersey. Information can be reached on their Instagram page at Morris County Card Show. Uh, the address is 33 Baldwin Road, Parsippany, New Jersey. So please stop by and say hello. And we'll be sure to le- le- make a post also this week on Instagram the next day or two, giving out a little bit more information about this show. Will be a fun show overall. We had a lot of, you know, we've had a lot of fun at these card shows, and obviously we'll be talking about all the sports, NFL seasons around the corner, as well as college football. MLB now, we're going to get into the, our trade discussions about the trade deadline and talk to overall about the fans, about what they like in regards to their teams and even in regards to cards, because we know, Andrew, that this market is, it's a fun market to be in. And there's a lot of stuff definitely to look a buyer's at. market right now. Yeah. If you're looking even to get into it, you're probably, this is probably the bottom of the market. Now that I said that, I just jinxed it. Um, <laughs> but this is. I'm mushing out already. Yeah, it is mushing hour already an hour, an hour beforehand, but uh, prices have really plummeted from a lot of pri- uh, a lot of a hype. You know, you had Zion Williamson's, you had Lamelo Balls, you had Patrick, you had Patrick Home rookie cards, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. A lot of those prices have began to go down and stabilize a little bit. And if you want to get new hobby boxes now, you actually can get them off the mini website, so it's, you can even get retail cards. So this is a perfect time to get started if you haven't started already. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun hobby. I mean, everyone likes to get into it. My, even me, myself, even when I was a kid, I like to get into this stuff. And now, the last couple of years, I've gotten back into the hobby, and it's a really fun thing to watch. Even when, even if you're not buying, just talking to people about the this, the thing itself is really fun about it. Gone so, of the days of people selling Walmart Mega Blasters of 2019 NBA ba- uh, Prison Basketball for four hundred dollars. That is that is long and over. Thank yeah, God. Th- thankfully, COVID did did a lot of damage to the inflation of a lot of stuff when it comes down to the world of cards. So it's fun, to, it's fun to see that the prices have gone down, but getting a little bit too over our head. We'll talk more about the show later on in this episode. And we'll also talk to you, the viewer, you know, the listeners, I should say this upcoming Saturday at the show. But Andrew, I think it's time we get into this discussion today about the MLB trade deadline that just commend, you know, just finished a two, about two days ago as of this recording, and oh man, were there some big-time trades that happened in this trade deadline overall? A couple that, in my opinion, could help a team win a World Series at the end of the year. Some maybe could help them make the playoffs. I don't know if they go any further than that, but this season just continues to get wilder. I mean, a couple weeks ago, we talked about two teams selling. Now they're buying. We'll get into them, but I think one of those teams that we thought at the beginning of the season that we had a lot of expectations for especially in the New York area, that being the New York Mets, a team that, right on cue, right on cue, um, they had World Series expectations at the beginning of the year. And 
Andrew, we're now at the point of the season where the Mets are under 500. They're still about six or seven games out of the wild card. They're chasing a bunch of teams in that wild card race. Really have no chance of winning the division either with the, the way the Braves have been playing. And the Mets are going to hit the pause button on trying to win now. They're selling for this upcoming season, and it looks like they're not going to be competing for another couple of years. Around 2025, 2026 is now the rumored next target. And the reason I bring that up is because after the first trade the Mets made, which was giving David Robertson up to the Miami Marlins, so a big trade for you guys to get some bullpen help as you try to make a you playoff. You already blew a game, but yes. He has had a rough start, but there's still a whole, the whole month or two left in the season, so there's time to make up for that. But once that went down, then Max Scherzer was not happy about the trade because he had a different vision as the Mets did for the rest of the season and the rest of his career with the New York Mets, and it led to a trade being done with Max Scherzer and the Mets as he's dealt to the Texas Rangers. And this is a big move for Texas. I mean, they get Scherzer now on an opportunity to try to make the postseason. They are currently battling with the Houston Astros for the AL West title. And this move not only helps them have a chance to win that AL West title, Andrew, but I think it's really tough to not say that they are in contention now for an opportunity to win a World Series championship by adding a, a starting caliber pitcher like Max Scherzer. Yeah, you know, he has had a rough start. Uh, he had his first start today. Yep. Gave up three in, uh, runs in an inning. Um, classic Max Scherzer. That's Max he, he finished strong, though. Yeah, I know. I know it happens. You know, sometimes you, you have a slow start, but I think anyone, maybe not three pitch, not, maybe not three earned runs, but if you tell anyone, you know, get a start of that, we'll give up two runs, and that's pretty much it for six or seven innings, anyone would take that any day of the week. Yeah, and think about what the Mets did in this trade with Texas to get it done. Not only are they paying a good amount of Scherzer's money for the next two seasons, because Scherzer has that option in 2024 with the play, around, I believe, $43 million in a player option for Texas. So the Rangers are guaranteeing themselves two years of Max Scherzer, which is great for them. But the Mets were able to get Luis Angel Acuna, who is the younger brother of Ronald Acuna Jr., the third-ranked prospect in the Rangers system, number 44 overall, according to MLB Pipeline. So the Mets have now made it a sort of like situation where they're paying these teams money to get rid of these contracts that they have so that they can get better prospects. Because no offense to Mets fans, the Mets farm system is not good right now. It's one of the worst in all of baseball. And the Mets are trying to fix that situation by adding these younger prospects. And they made another trade that helped them in a sense of getting that farm system up. But at the end of the day now, the Mets are hitting the are hitting the reset button. The Rangers are going all in now. And there's still another big trade from New York that we have to talk about in a little bit. Yeah, uh, just look at Max Scherzer this year. He had a really, really solid 2022 campaign with the Mets. He was typical Max Scherzer. Had a sub-2-5 ERA. He had a lot of strikeouts. He was a, I don't want to say a workhorse, but for a guy who was 37 years old, he could pitch a lot. Um... And this past year, it kind of looks like he was pre-All-Star Max Scherzer. Probably the worst season he's having in a decade. His ERA is over four. His whip is over is almost 1.2. Um, he's he's just struggling a little bit this year. He's walking a lot of batters this year. Um, but hopefully this trade with, the, uh, with Texas can get him right. That's what they're hoping right. for. 
And like you mentioned, they get two good prospects in return. I thought this trade was going to be terrible, and then I kind of saw, okay, maybe um, maybe Ronald Cooney's brother is going to be good, is going to be a good prospect. I think he's the real prize here. But um, like you said, hits the reset button, and for Mets fans, uh, it gets worse. It's gonna get it's gonna get worse before it gets better. I mean, it's just rough because the Mets were trying their hardest in the offseason. And you can't blame them in the sense that they went not. all out to try to make this better. They let go of Jacob DeGrom. They replaced him with Justin Verlander. They had Scherzer already from the previous season. And you had a lot of expectations as well. They brought in Kota Senga. And a lot of things were go, you thought would go their way. But honestly, once the World Baseball Classic injury happened to Edwin Diaz, that, that was, was the season. That was kind of a pre-determined you know, determined factor in the case of this could be a very long year for the Mets, and unfortunately for them, it has been a very long year for them. And I talked about Justin Verlander being that guy who replaced Jacob deGrom. Well, Verlander was also traded at this, upcoming, at this past MLB trade deadline, as he, unfortunately for my sake, is going back to the Houston Astros. So he left the Astros in the offseason to get a, a nice you know contract, and he got up with the New York Mets. And now he's going back to Houston and has an opportunity to win another World Series championship with them. The Mets are also paying a good chunk of money in this trade as well. And in return, they get the Astros' number one and number four prospects in this deal. I'm trying to see the name. I believe the name was Drew Gilbert. You could correct me if I'm wrong, Johnson. That is correct. And they also got outfielder Ryan Clifford. So respectively, that's one and four in that pipeline for the Astros. I believe Gilbert is the 68th ranked prospect in all of baseball. So you, you're seeing if you know straightforward that the Mets are hitting that reset button. They're trying to fix that farm system. A big problem for them this season has been their hitting. They're trying to get these younger prospects that can help them down the line with their hitting. But overall, just a really tough year for them. And now for Houston, they also add a pitcher from the New York Mets. So now both Houston and Texas, they both add one starting caliber pitcher from the New York Mets both trying to win a division title, both trying to get to the World Series, and ultimately winning a World Series championship. Yeah, so uh, let's go into this trade a little bit. Uh, Justin Verlander pretty much got paid to go on a six-month vacation to New York. Yeah, pretty much. And it's kind of crazy because when you actually talk to Astro fans and be like, oh, we thought he was gone, that was it. And they were okay with him leaving. If you remember that initial reaction because they said, okay, he, we have yeah, Lester Collars, we have yeah. all these guys in our farm system, all Framber. these young guys. You got Framber, you got Christian Javier, and then the injuries started to pile up. And it didn't turn out well, you know, the supposed depth that they had kind of kind of disappeared. So they needed starting pitching, and they paid to get him back. But, man, if you told them, uh, told Mets fans that Verlander and DeGrom would be pitching on the same team, I guess in the same state, or Scherzer, DeGrom, and uh, Scherzer, DeGrom, and Verland were all in the same state. I think Mets fans would have lost their minds about a year ago, right? Well, how about even this? How about the fact that if you had told the Mets fan at the beginning of the season that they'd be paying for Scherzer and Verlander, and not to be on their own team right now, to be on two different teams. They lose did, their mind in a different way. Yeah, that that's the biggest part about this. Because you look at this contract for Verlander, he's going into Houston now. The Mets are sending the Astros $35 million this season just to cover his salary and an additional $17.5 million for 2025 if his option is to go down. If he, if he, I think it's a team option, so the Astros would have the opportunity in that one. 
or maybe it's a player. I'm not 100 percent sure what the option is at that end of the day. But yeah, this is big because the Mets now they are paying these guys to be on different teams, and that was just to get the better prospects. Because at the end of the day, let's face it, they're up there in age. A lot of people would think that yeah, they're their rentals, so you're not going to get a big time trade. That's why the Mets had to do that and give the money up. So they cough up the money to get these, to get rid of these two guys. Now they get better prospects for their system, and it looks like 2025, 2026 is when they're going to try to go back at it, which kind of ultimately tells me that this upcoming offseason, which is a big offseason for free agency, it doesn't sound like they're going to be making any big-time moves. So if there were any Mets fans thinking about getting Otani, I don't know if, they, if that's the case now. It might sound like Otani's not in the Mets' uh, radar. I mean, I don't think the Angels are going to sell him anyway, but that's a whole other discussion we have well, later. He's a free agent, show. so he has he has his own option to go wherever he wants. Uh, it's going to be so rough because I think Art Moreno is just going to throw him a boat uh, a boatload will, of money. But I mean, that but that, that's the thing. I didn't team. He's showing them that they're trying, but we're, we're we're getting a little bit too far ahead. We right. can have this discussion a little bit. Right. Um. What I want to see now is I don't know if the seating would allow it right now. Uh, Nationals, not Nationals, geez. Texas Rangers and Houston Astros. I want to see them. I want. I want to see. I want to see that series. Don't you? I. It's listen. It is wherever very it is. I want to see it. You gotta think about it right now. The the Rangers and the Orioles right now lead their respective divisions. They're the top two teams in terms of record wise so in the American the Rangers League. Rangers have a two seed right now. Right. So the Astros have a chance to play them in the playoffs, but. I forget how the seeding works. I believe that... I think it wouldn't be to the second round at, at a minimum. Right. So the AL Central team would face Wild Card 1, and then the Astros uh, and Blue Jays, who are currently holding the other two Wild Cards, they would face the winner, I believe, of... I was, I would think they would face the winner of Texas. Yes, I, think, I believe cause so. Because I, I think the Orioles and... Would, I think the Orioles would face the Central winner and the Wild Card one. I I could be completely Imagine wrong about that. Picking off the American League playoffs like that. I mean, it would be a great postseason either way. I think no matter what the matchup is, you're going to be in for a good showing. But that would be something if those two teams played in the first round or yeah, at any point in this postseason. It doesn't matter when they play it. If it was to happen, you heard us. Let's make it happen now. Right. I mean. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, this is I, I I I said it wrong. Let me let me let me rephrase how I did it. So the MLB format, I, and I always forget this. The top two seeds get a quote unquote buy for the wild card week. The four and five seed, which is the top two wild cards, play each other. The winner of that plays the top seed, and then the. the AL Central, which would probably be the three seed in this case, because the way that the AL Central has gone this year, they would play the final wild card team, and then that team would play the two seed. So at the end, of, so right now as it stands, the Orioles would face the winner of the Rays and the Astros, and the Rangers would play the winner of uh, Minnesota and Toronto. So that's what it currently looks like. But we can dream. But think about it, the Houston only has a two and a half game lead on Toronto right now for that second wild card. So there is still a possibility it could happen that the Astros are the last wild card team. So there's still a lot of baseball to be played. A lot there, of baseball there, left, but it is a possibility right there's now. There's a very strong possibility that could happen for the first round of the playoffs. 
so Nick, we mentioned this before, but we can kind of go into now. Two teams that we thought were going to be sellers turned into buyers. Now I kind of thought one of these teams. For sure, one. I, I thought, was, was I thought one was going to be a buyer. I thought one was going to be a buyer for a couple of reasons, but I'll let you break it down. I'll, I'll give you the floor for this. So when we did our show a couple of weeks ago, when we were recapping the first half of the season, and I, we you know we talked about one trade that maybe could happen. I initially said the Chicago Cubs would be trading and selling at the trade deadline, but in true mushing hour fashion, you know, fashion, the past couple of weeks the Cubs have been one of the hotter teams in baseball. And look at it now, Johnson. They're only three games out of a division title. So they still have a chance in the NL Central. And also for the wild card as it stands, I believe they're two and a half games out of that. So they have a chance to make the playoffs. And because of that, they said, you know what? We're not going to be selling. We're going to try to buy the deadline. And they were able to get Jaime Condelario from the Washington Nationals. Condelario was one of the hotter, you know, commodities on the trade on the trade market this, you know, trade deadline because of how he's been for Washington this season. And now he goes to the Cubs. They don't sell at all the deadline, so they keep guys like Marcus Stroman, Cody Bellinger, to name a few. And they're trying to win a division title, and they believe that they can get a division title in a very weak NL Central. Now, what I'm, I'm going to say is the first half of the season was completely, I don't want to say due to Marcus Stroman, but his heroics this first half of the season. I mean, you're talking April through probably, Ju- I'm going to say July 1st. I'll say April, beginning of the season in April, through the end of June. So the first half of this season, fantastic. He only had, I think, one or two games where he got absolutely blown up. The other ones he's maybe given up one or two runs a game is being flawless. And then the month of July happens. And right. he's just been getting blown up game after game. Seven runs here, six runs here, five runs here. And finally lands on the IL now with an inflamed tip. So I don't know why I took the medical staff over a month to figure that out. That's why he's pitching so bad. But... um. I think he needs to get back in the form if the Cubs have a chance to gain the playoffs. I know they have some hot bats. They got Nico Horner. You said Cody Bellinger. Um, Christopher Morel like is good for them. Swanson. I like. I love me some some Ian Happ too. Show yeah. him some uh, respect. But I think you're going to need Marcus Stroman to be back in form for them to make the playoffs. It's very very tight in the NL right now, and you probably have five or six teams that are a game either above, like a game in or a game out right now. And right. the Cubs need to just close the gap a little bit more, and they need Marcus Stroman back to do that. I think the biggest thing, and unfortunately for the Cubs, in my theory, is is that it looked like they were going to sell, and now they said, you know what, we're going to buy. I think the problem that they couldn't do with the deadline, I think they would have loved to have done, is get another starting pitcher. Because that's been another problem for them this season, is that they don't really have a back end of the rotation for them after Stroman. And... There really wasn't that many pitching pro, you know, options after guys like Verlander and Scherzer went off the market. Michael Lorenzo was the hottest commodity, as well as a water Rodriguez. Rodriguez was originally going to get traded to the Dodgers. He declined a, you know, he waived his no trade clause to go to the Dodgers, so he stays with the Detroit Tigers for this season. And Lorenzo, he gets traded to the Philadelphia Phillies, a team that the Cubs are chasing in that wild card race. So. That was tough for Chicago overall for that, but they do get Candelario to hopefully help their hitting situation. You know, you, get, you can never have that many bats in your lineup to try to help you make the postseason. And with the way the NL Central is, they have a realistic shot of winning that division. But they're not the only team, Andrew, that we talked about that originally thought, we thought they were going to be sellers at the deadline, that they turned out to be buyers. And that was the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. And you know what? They said we, we they were thinking about trading Otani at one point. They stuck to their gut. They said, you know what? We're going to keep them, 
and we're going to see how the rest of the season goes. And- yeah, I, I love this. I love this. They're buying everything. Uh, they're not selling Otani. They need to convince him because they don't have his... Um, He's a free agent, like you said. They need to convince him that they will do whatever it takes for them to win. Right. So I and- love that they're going after this. Again, a lot of trades. Um, I'll let you break it down because I've interrupted you tr- twice now, so I'm going to no, give the floor good. over to you. No, you're good. I mean, listen, I just watched Carl Stanton hit a home run for the, the Yankees, so I I was that was perfectly fine for you to do that. It's all good. Um, Shout out to Sheep. Yeah, I just I just uh, mentioned him. We'll see Grayson also at the show this week as well, as he'll be with us at the uh, table. But, yeah, I mean, the Angels made some big-time moves. I, I, I think it really helps them in the scheme of things, trying to accommodate Otani and trying to keep him with the team in terms of their batting. You get C.J. Crone and Randall Grichuk from the Colorado Rockies. Those are two bats on the market that were really big They're really as well. great bats. They are yeah. fantastic, and, they're, and, and they're, they're paid well for their position, too. Right, and credit. They haven't had the best of season. Grichuk is having, a, is having an okay year. Crone hasn't had a great year in scheme of previous years that he's had with the I team. I mean, they played but, on Colorado, so. Right, and the, listen, think about this also. What's funny about it, these were two guys that were drafted by the Los Angeles Angels when they originally came out in the MLB draft. And now they get to go back to Anaheim, and they have an opportunity to help the Angels make the postseason. Now, it's tough right now because, realistically, if you look at it, the division probably is out of their reach with the way the Astros and the Rangers are. But they still have a chance at the wild card. Now, credit, they're in the same situation as the NL is, where there's a lot of teams in front of them in that wild card race. And it's going to take one or two things to go down for them, maybe even three for them to get into that postseason race. Keep in mind also what they did. They got Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez from the Chicago White Sox. So not only did they help their hitting, they got some big-time pitching in Giolito, who I think with a change of scenery from Chicago could help that rotation try to make the postseason. And you can't, yeah, you forgot to mention journeyman, uh, former New York Met, Dominic Leone, too. I forgot about Dominic Leone. Uh... Yeah. Come on, he he's a decent reliever. He was having an okay year in he's, the last couple of years. He's all right. He's all right. Listen, uh, another arm the bullpen this late. I think that's a that's a good addition. I, I think it's tough. The Angels are in a weird spot where, like I said, there's a lot of teams in front of them. A lot of things that will have to go their way in order for them to make the postseason. But it's a good step in the direction of you know what we're not going to. You know, just wave the white flag and end the season. We want to try to make the postseason this year and try to tell Shohei Otani, listen, we're trying here. We want you to stay. Look at the people that we're adding to help you stay. This is a good step in the right direction for Anaheim. The question is going to be, can is they it sustainable? Seasons? Right. Is it sustainable? Can they make the postseason this year? And will these moves work out at the end of the day? That's all up for debate and all up for seeing how the rest of the you know, the last two months of the season go. So I'm very curious to see if these moves do work out for Anaheim and if it does keep Otani at the end of the season. Man, it, it would be so weird. I don't know where – I think it's wide open for Otani right now. Um, it's going to be a again, West Coast. I cannot wait, I cannot wait until uh, Shohei Otani is in Miami, Miami Marlin. That is going to there be a fantastic is. day. And then I wake up. All right, let's yep. go over to the, uh, to the next well, team now. Yeah, I was just well before we get into. Do you want to talk about your Miami Marlins? They made a couple moves also at this uh, at this trade deadline, trying to help nah, them. Make we, the could, we could we could talk about when we go over to the um, 
we can go to the AL. It's fine. I mean, okay. Marlins made a bunch of moves. Uh, Jake Berger, um, to say the least, I think was he, he was one Josh of the bigger Bell ones. Trade. Yeah, Josh Bell was good. I like that. Uh, a lot. We got David Robinson, like we mentioned before. Really needed bats, and we needed another pitcher in the bullpen. We could have used another starter because we're not getting Yuri Perez back, to my knowledge. He's coming back next week. The rumor is, is he actually the rumor That's is the rumor? next week he's coming back. Well, I hope. I mean, they shut him down for the last like month and a half, so maybe because they're making the playoff push, we'll probably get four or five more starts out of him because they want to keep him under that hundred inning uh, innings pitch. I think he was at fifty already. So hey, he might have ten more starts in him. Who knows? All right. But let's head over now to the other teams, uh, or the other division, I should say. Uh, let's talk about the American League. Uh, two teams also in sell now mode, or just pretty well, much one in the AL, one in the NL. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll start with. I guess we'll start with the NL, or keep it uh, consistent with the uh, Chicago White Sox. I don't know what's going on with that organization. Pretty much, they have Lou Bob, and then that's it. Well, the rule going into the deadline, they literally told teams where tra- everyone is up for trade besides Luis Robert. So that was where their mindset was. I talked about the trade with Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez. They are no longer with the team. Um, I don't know. The White Sox are just in a really bad state, and it's it's unfortunate because they're in a really bad division where they, if things were to go right for them, they could easily win it, but. We've seen it the past couple of seasons, the last couple of years, they haven't been that way. They made a trade with the Yankees, getting traded Kenyon Middleton. I mean, as a Yankee fan, I don't, I don't know how to feel about that. I'm not really going to comment about it as much. The uh, um, the two guys I want to talk about, about Jake Berger too, but yeah, go ahead. The two guys I want to talk about is two two guys kind of going home. In reliever Joe Kelly, Joe I, Kelly, I, right? I, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say home, but a team where He's they going back uh, to the Dodgers. They thrived on. Joe Kelly had his best years as a Dodger. And Lance Lynn also had really, really good years as a Dodger. They're both going home. Um, In that deal, it was... They got it for uh, Giolito. Who would they trade? Let's see if they trade um, Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, Lance Lynn, and Joe Kelly. I think they got... Edgar Cuero for Lance Lynn and, uh, and Joe Kelly. The Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly deal, they got Nick Nostrani, Jordan Leisure, and Trace Thompson. All right, so Edgar Cora was the other trade then, but that is really, really good return on guys having a down year. Um, there's no, no really uh, sugarcoating it. Lance Lynn has been really bad, and right. Joe Kelly's been abysmal. However, however, well, I think these guys can be really, really good for the Dodgers. Scenery. It's a change of scenery. If you remember when um, when Lance Lynn was a uh, when he was a Texas Ranger, he was really solid. If you even go back to St. Louis days, he was really solid too. It's just really been the last season or two that he's been particularly bad. It's um, it's White kind of Sox. strange to say that. It's White Sox. Is it the White Sox? Is it the Black Sox curse? It, they are they are in such a bad state of mind where everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for them. And now, even when he was a Yankee for that flash in the pan, I know you guys hated him, but you've had a lot, lot worse with pitchers. Yeah. But Lancelin, I think he'll get some. These numbers aren't sustainable for him. He has like a six five ERA. His WHIP is something ridiculous. I think it's close to one point five. So these numbers aren't sustainable. He has to eventually regress to the mean. And even if his mean for the season is going to be a four ERA, listen, if you if you're the Dodgers and you're getting a starting pitcher that's going to give you like a like a three eight ERA for the rest of the season, you're going to sign up with that, especially with all the, the pitching that you have currently. 
Right. I, I, the Dodgers, you got to think about it, too. I mean, Urias has had a down year for them. Kershaw's been injured. Bueller hasn't pitched at all this season. Dustin May has also been out for the season. They need the depth. And getting Lynn, I mean, yes, he's had a rough year. But the Dodgers, when you put on that cap, I mean, things change for them most of the time. And I think that's what they're hoping for. They're hoping for the change of scenery will help Joe Kelly and Lance Lynn get back to their their old selves and help them make a playoff push. Dodgers are fighting for a division title right now. and I mean, this is sound crazy, but I think ahead. Tony Gonsolin's been the second best pitcher that year, this year. I mean, obviously, I think it would be someone. He hasn't had a good year. I think it would be Dustin May. It'd be, it would definitely be Dustin May if he was healthy or Walker Beeler if he was healthy. Right. So Gonsolin, man, he would be very five right now. So this, would be, this is a huge, huge and trade. Keep in mind, this wasn't the only move the Dodgers made. Remember, they also got Ahmed Rosario in that trade with the Cleveland Guardians, and they gave up Nolan, uh, Nolan, Noah Syndergaard in that deal. And Syndergaard was one of the guys in the rotation for them most of the season, and he had a rough, he was having a really bad year. So to get Rosario helps also their offense, which they needed a shortstop because they were having Miguel Rojas most of the year playing starting shortstop. Now you have Rosario in that starting shortstop role where you can move Rojas now to utility bench. And also you got uh, Kike Hernandez from the Red Sox. So the Dodgers made some moves that on paper don't look that great, but for depth and trying to help your team in the postseason – they could be moves that at the end of the day could help them win another world championship. Now, since the Dodgers are probably going to choke, but hey, Most uh, I, guess, I mean, they can uh, they can dream, right? But let's talk about the other team. And now we were talking about the White Sox, kind of went into the Dodgers a little bit. Let's talk about the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, oh man. man, this team has been pretty solid Disapp- for the better part of the last two decades. Disappointment. Um, and they have pretty, this has been a massive disappointment disappointment for any Cardinals fan. They don't know what selling looks like. They don't know what losing looks like. They don't know what having no pitching looks like. They're used to, you know, at least having a shot at the division at the very least every single year. Yep. That is the mid- that has been the minimum standard for the Cardinals over the last 20 years. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals, they are, you know, one of those franchises where you know for a fact they're making the playoffs because of how good and sustainable they've been for the past, you know, decade, two decades, however long you want to say. They've had such iconic players play for them. You know, you currently have Arenado and Goldschmidt for them right now on this team. And everything that could go wrong for them this year has gone wrong. And they were kind of like the Mets where they had a lot of expectations going into the season. And they had to unfortunately hit say, you know what? We're going to sell off some of our pieces at the trade deadline because it's just not working out. Now, remember, it looked like they were going to trade guys like Arenado and Goldschmidt. And, you know, other guys like Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill, But they kept those guys. So those guys are still on the team for next season. So they still think that they can win maybe going into next season. But for this season, they at least sold off a couple of their pieces. They traded uh, Jordan Hicks to the Toronto Blue Jays. They also traded Jordan Montgomery. He's going to the Texas Rangers. They traded Jack Flaherty to the Baltimore Orioles. So they made some moves in the sense of selling off some pieces getting some younger talent because they're another team like the Mets where in a sense of they don't really have the best of farm systems right now in their, in all baseball. And they want to fix that by selling off some of these guys. They also traded Paul DeJong um, or DeYoung. Sorry. I always say DeJong. I don't know why Uh, it's Paul DeYoung. They traded him to the Toronto Blue Jays as well um, after the Bo Bichette injury. So now 
they have all these assets that they're trying or that they traded away. Still have some players on the team that maybe they deal at the end of the season. I'm curious to see what they do, but this is a weird time for those their fans as well. They don't really know what to think about overall selling their team, you know, selling some players away and just saying, you know what, this season's not going to happen. We're just going to have to wait till next year, hopefully. Yeah, they were in, they were pretty inexperienced sellers. Uh, I don't think this GM has ever been in the situation of selling before, but they did a really good job. You kind of did a really good job recapping that. And I don't think I have to really go into too much more, but just kind of the future output for the Cardinals because their farm system, man, it's been um, it's been rough. It's been rough. So Cardinals fans, it's gonna get like the Mets we told earlier. It's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. So uh, I'm gonna wish you luck on this one. Now. As we go into the next part of our, our conversation, Johnson, any notable trade, let's say like a trade that you liked a lot that we haven't really discussed in detail, was there one what was the one trade that you liked the most for any team? You can even pick your own pick your own team if you want to. I um, think if I pick my own that team, that's a little that's a little biased though. Probably, but you I, I didn't know where you were gonna go with it. But if do you have a trade overall that you liked for a team that you think could help them? make the playoffs, just win the World Series, anything like that. Ooh, man, that's a, that's a good one. I'll put, I'll put you on the spot. It's, it's tough. Can I get, can I defer to you for a second here? Yeah, you can. Uh, I got to think about my as well. I love the – I talked about the Michael Lorenzen deal for Philadelphia. Um, I, think I, I, I think I have it in mind, but I want to see where you're going first. Right. I, I, I really like that trade a lot for Philadelphia because it adds another rotation depth. You know, rotation has been another issue for them this year. I hated that trade. I, 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 I know you personally. It. It's a good trade, trade, though, but I despise it personally. Right. Um, now, I've, I, I probably should have thought about it myself thinking about I, it now. <laughs> I got mine. I got mine. But uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I guess I won't defer. Uh, so let you put your uh, your thoughts into in the words here. A trade I think will make an actual difference is involving the Cardinals. Okay. Jack Flaherty going to the Orioles. I want to go a little bit more. Right, go into more detail on it. Jack Flaherty, if you remember Jack Flaherty, he was the guy for a second in St. Louis. Like, they thought he was going to be the next great pitcher in St. Louis. This guy had all the intangibles. He looked great for that first that first year, and then the wheels kind of came off the wagon. He got injured a couple times. He had to uh, he had to sit out for a year or so, and he comes back now. He is looking he's looking pretty good now. Um, yeah, his first start today looked really good. Yeah, he looked really really good, and he's looking good the last couple games. So I think he's finally shaking off that rust. Maybe he's gonna get back to that sub three ERA on the. On the Orioles, even though it's going to be a shortened um, or the last two months of the season, it still shows signs of great progress. But he's been floating around a four and a half ERA the last two seasons. I think going to Baltimore, a change of scenery, he's finally going to shake that injury rust off he's had for the last year and a half or so. I think this is a the uh, Cy Young candidate everyone twenty nineteen thought of. I think that, right. I think he's back. Yeah, and if you're a Baltimore fan, I think you are hoping for that because that was one of the Orioles' issues for the season. They didn't really have you know that quote-unquote, number one starter, in my opinion, where if you go to the playoffs, who is that guy you're relying on for a rotation, for a postseason you know, run? Um, I'm not sure if Flaherty is that guy. You're hoping that maybe he's back to old St. Louis form where he could be that guy. But 
I like this trade a lot for the Orioles. I think they're a fun team. They have the best record in the American League. And with that trade, it helps them a lot in that rotation because they really needed the depth. So I'm curious to see if Flaherty pitches like that for the rest of the season. Um, if I had to pick one, I'd go to the National League. I will talk about the Diamondbacks getting Paul Seawall from the Seattle Mariners. Um, the Diamondbacks have had a lot the last couple of months have been it's been tough. Haven't really played best of baseball after a really great start to the season. And I feel like one of their biggest issues has been their bullpen. And getting Paul Seawall from the Mariners, I think, is a really good addition for this team. Seawall is having another good year where he has 20-plus saves, an ERA just under three. He's having, he's having a good year for Seattle. And you add him to a Diamondbacks team that is trying to make the postseason, they really need a shutdown guy at the end of those games for guys like Zach Gallen and Morel Kelly. And getting Seawall can really help them at the end of the day, try to close the door, try to win some of these all-important games, especially if the Dimebacks are going to be in the wild card game. So getting Seawall, I think, will help you a lot. The Dimebacks just need to play some better baseball because if they don't, unfortunately, their, top, their, you know, their great start to the season is going to end with a non-postseason berth. But getting Seawall could help you get near to that postseason opportunity. So I'm curious if that will help them. Hopefully for their fans, that obviously is the case is that it does help them at the end of the day. But I think that's an under-the-radar move that a lot, not a lot of people talked about, and I think could help Arizona. Yeah, definitely going to be helpful. I hope it's not helpful because the Marlins are going for a wild-card right. spot, so I want to be spiteful, and I'm not going to yeah. comment on that. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so heading, heading towards, we're not uh, at the end of the show yet. We have a couple more things to go here. Um, so now with all this, all these trades, the dust is finally settling. Um, which one of these teams do you think is going to have the best chance of making the World Series, making the playoffs now? Now that the trade that the trade deadline dust has finally begun to settle. Well, do you want me to go into what team I think is currently in a like a wild card spot that I think could make it, or you want me to just pick a World Series team? Uh, let's do both, and I, I'll, I'll start. And if you uh, and if you want to, if you want, I'll go first. If not, I'll uh, right. I'll defer to you. All right, go ahead. Okay, for, okay, cool. So I'm going to go by both leagues here. I'm going to pick one out of the National League and one out of the American League. So okay. uh, I already I'm not going to jinx my team in the National League. So I think a team that made trades and I think are going to be really beneficial, unfortunately, is the Philadelphia Phillies. I think those trades are really going to help them, and they're going to sneak into the wild card now. They've been really picking it up the last couple of days. They've won a couple of crucial divisional games against Miami. And the end of their schedule, it's looking really pretty. They're playing the Royals, Nationals, the Twins, uh, the Nationals again, the Cardinals who sold, uh, and then they're playing the um, the Padres, Pirates, Mets at the end of the season. So I think it's looking really favorable for them. So I think with the end of the with the moves they made right now, they're in a good position. And as long as they don't choke, I think Philadelphia makes the playoffs with those moves. Now, talking about maybe a World Series, um, like a World Series ending trade, man, it's got a, it's a tie. I think it's a toss up between the Rangers and the Astros right now because they both made such good moves, and they both forfeit. They both, you know, fortified their uh, their pitching, which has been a little shaky on both sides this year, uh, especially now that Nate Evaldi's out temporarily for the Texas Rangers. And their bats have been really good. They both add really good pitchers. So I think it's a coin flip between those two for World Series. And I'm gonna and for the um for the wild card, I, I think Philadelphia, those trades really helped them out. Okay. 
Now, I thought about it a little bit more after you talked about it. And I got to say, Johnson, I love what your team did. I really like what Miami did. I'm not trying to mush you, but I really did like what Miami did at the trade deadline. Robertson has had a shaky start, but I think that's a good addition. A guy that's had World Series, you know, experience has been good for the has been good for the Mets this year. I think if he is to get things going right after a rough start to his Marlins career, I think things could go right for the, the Marlins to make the postseason for their pitching wise. For hitting, I love the Josh Bell trade. I thought that was under the radar as well. Jake Berger gives you a lot more power in the lineup. You also got um, Ryan Weathers from the San Diego Padres. I think that can also help your pitching as well because he can be a, a type of long reliever maybe for that team. I like what the Marlins did, and I think that could really help them make the postseason. Um, it's just very tough right now with so many good teams in the NL where they're all battling for the same thing, and the Marlins right now, unfortunately, are just a half game out of that last wild card spot. But I think these moves can help them at the end of the day get that final wild card spot, or even just get one of them at least, because I think they did enough to assess the, you know, the stuff that's been hurting them this year, which has been their bullpen. And I think getting those guys for your bullpen can help as well as getting guys like Berger and Josh Bell to help your hitting. Now, in regards to a World Series pick, I think it's tough to not pick the Texas Rangers just because you all, not only did you get uh, Max Scherzer, you also got Jordan Montgomery, and I thought that was big because being able to get two starting pitchers that can help you in a, in a uh, playoff push is really huge because the Rangers are currently dealing with the Evaldi injury. You're also having guys like Dane Dunning, and Martin Perez, who have been on and off for you this season, as well as Andrew Heaney. You really need consistent guys when you're trying to make that World Series push. And if Scherzer can figure things out and get back to the old Max Scherzer, if Montgomery, you know, has a very sneaky good next couple months for Texas, they would be scary for the postseason considering that their lineup is really good. You got Chapman now at the end of your bullpen to try to save those games for you. And if Evaldi comes back from injury before in good time, you have a really good top three of your rotation, maybe even four, which is really – it's going to be tough to beat come postseason time. Yeah, I think you really sounded up well there. Um, so I think that really kind of recaps there. So um, do you have a potential new World Series winner post-deadline or post-series uh, World Series uh. match after the deadline? I try to think of who I picked at the end of our show last time for the. Uh, would you world. like? To, do you need a reminder? Uh, potentially. I definitely did not pick I, the I, Yankees I, like I did at the beginning. I think I have it though on my. Uh, on my laptop. You didn't. You did not. I can give it to you right now. And um, did I pick Texas? You picked eighteen from Texas. Uh, I picked the Astros then, and I. Uh, disgusting. Did. I know why I did it, and it was because I was trying to mush I picked, them. I picked Texas. Right. I, did, I see. You have Texas, Miami. I mean, Texas is a good shot, but the problem is, I think everyone took Texas. No, or did, no, Grayson took the Astros also. No, we split between Astros and um. Oh man, and Rangers. I think I'm gonna as much as I want to take Texas. I think I'm gonna stick with the Astros for the AL, just because I think Verlander has been red hot right now. Before he got traded, and he's going back to the team that he's had so much success with. I think it's very tough to pick against them, but. If there were a team to give them a lot of, you know, hell in the postseason, I think it would be Texas. 
But again, the Astros, I think it's all going to come down to if they win the division or not. Because if they go from the wild card round, that maybe could change my could change a lot of things for me. Because getting from the wild card round to the World Series is one thing. But to get through, you know, having a top seed and like a number two in that case, or a number one even in the divisional round, that gives you a little bit more time to rest before you face one of those wild card teams. So I think it's all going to come down to who wins that division. I just think Houston. They just have been there before, and they just know what they're doing. So I probably wouldn't change my pick in the AL. In the NL, though, I think I would. I took the Reds for you know the fun of it because why not? They're a fun team to watch. I just don't see that happening now. Um, and it'd be kind of easy to take the Braves or the Dodgers. I think you're gonna hate me for taking this pick. I don't think, do it. I think the Phillies could get back there. Oh, God. You know, it's really bad. I was thinking the same thing. Because I think Michael Lorenzen, I know, could be very fake, and maybe people don't believe in him, him as much. But he's had a good year for the Tigers, and I think if he continues the way for Philadelphia, that gives you a good starting five in your rotation. I think the only issue for Philadelphia is they need Trey Turner to live up to his contract, and you need your bullpen to be consistent at the end of the day. You saw our last night's game with the Marlins. They blew the save maybe, what, three or four times in that game? At the uh, yes, nothing lead at one point? I mean, they have to be – they have to figure that out at the end of the day. And they're another team that, listen, they went to the World Series last year. And I know it's really tough. You know, it's really uncommon for a World Series matchup to happen twice in a row. But I could see it. Do I think it's likely? Probably not. But I think if I'm going to talk about teams that made trades at the deadline that will help them get to that World Series, I could see it very well being Philadelphia. Well, uh, just so I don't pick Philadelphia because I was going to keep Texas, I'm st- I'm sticking with Miami. They they made trades to help them make the uh, make the postseason. Hopefully, I mean, and you I'm, could not take, gonna, I'm not going to back up now. You could take Philadelphia, and I I because you know what I was also think of the Dodgers. I did like what the Dodgers did at the deadline too. Yeah, but the Dodgers will won't make another World Series unless they shut the world down again. I will so. say though, I would I think I would rather watch a rematch of Philly and Houston before I'd rather watch another Dodgers Astros World Series. Uh well, speak for yourself. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, either way, I'm not happy that I'm taking the Astros. I really want to take the Rangers, but knowing my luck, it's probably not going to go in my favor. Well, so. I will wish uh wish good luck and uh but not really because I don't want to see the Astros there. Um, yeah. But before we do end, I just want to plug that card show one more time. Happy yep. this weekend, Morris County Card Show, 33 Baldwin Road in Parsippany, New Jersey, 9 a.m. to 3, uh, 3 p.m. in the Police Athletic League. Uh, nearly 100 tables and dealers, so it's going to be a really big show. Very packed. Uh, I think it's really the only show in the tri-state area, so New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, going on that weekend besides Garfield. So one of only two shows in New York, the state of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And I think there's no shows going on in Western Pennsylvania and Eastern Pennsylvania as well. So it's going to be uh, a site. To, it's it's going to be a really good show. And there's we know a lot of dealers going there and we're looking forward to it. Yeah, it will be a, it will be a fun show, like I mentioned earlier on. And you'll get to talk to us, you know, we'll, you know, we'll give you us, you know, we'll give you guys our takes about certain things, whether it be in the real, real you know, the sports world currently going on, or whether it be in the card industry as itself, because, that's all that's all this is about just you know just talking to people and just you know getting their intake on what they believe and what they like and seeing where it goes from there and it leads to some really fun conversations overall so 
it's going to be a fun time this weekend. But, Andrew, that's going to wrap it up for this week's show uh, here on the All Gas No Break Sports Show. MLB trade deadline has commenced. Teams now looking to get to the postseason are now in their final stages as we have two months left of this MLB season. It is going to end in a very, very interesting ride. We'll have to see who comes out on top, making it to the playoffs, and ultimately winning that World Series championship. I am Nicholas Favona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your weekend.